leadership in cybersecurity isn't just about understanding threats. It's about leading a team to navigate them with confidence. At CPF Coaching LLC, we specialize in taking your leadership skills to the next level. With over 15 years in the cybersecurity field, we empower professionals and startups to reach unprecedented heights. Imagine having a personalized coaching experience tailored to your unique career ambitions. From strategic planning to masterful pitch and interview preparations, we're here to guide you through every challenge. Join us for our unique value proposition workshops or dive into our vibrant learning community for continuous skill advancement. Don't just be a part of the industry. Redefine it. Visit cpfcoaching.com for more information. Discover the leader within. Contact CPF Coaching LLC today and schedule your strategic session. Hey, security peeps. We are live with another edition of Breaking into Cybersecurity with the CISO Talk podcast. James Azar, Naomi Buckwalter, Chris Folon, my brother from another mother. I am Renee Small, cybersecurity super recruiter, demystifying cybersecurity careers for the month of October, which is Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Let's go around this little horn. Naomi? Oh, I'm starting it off. What's up, guys? Nice <laughs> <laughs> to be here. James? Good morning, y'all. It's, it's, it's Thursday. Good morning. It's Thursday. James, Who's you never a, say y'all. You never say y'all. I that? do say y'all. I, I do say y'all so. all I the never time. Heard you say y'all. I live in Georgia. Like y'all is part of your vocabulary. <laughs> this is the you you, you can't there. go like when I go to Chick Fil A and I want to order something. I'm be like, hey y'all, uh, I'd like to have the spicy chicken sandwich, please. <laughs> Our Georgia people about to chime in here. <laughs> you guys argue on. like a married couple. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm gonna swap them. Chris and I will be up here. We're the 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 work husband, work wife. You two are too. So we are. Oh, Chris. Howdy. Introducing yourself now. Yeah, he's just he's just that guy. He's just a guy. Um. So we are kicking off. Last two weeks ago, goodness, it felt like yesterday. We had so much fun on here. We were talking about uh this quote unquote skills gap you know, how difficult it is for people that are entry level to break into the industry. James says, I'm not hiring anybody with a top college degree. Forget college degrees. Naomi said, I am open to college degrees, but you know, she was more pleasant about it. <laughs> so we had this discussion um, and what we really want to talk about or kick it off with today is um, the HR security team partnership what that should look like, um, successful ones that you all have seen uh, work and how we've been able to get more people into the um, into the industry. And our people are starting to come in. Danielle, who's awesome and looking for an opportunity. Hey, Danielle. Good morning. Good morning. It's, Tuesday, it's Thursday morning. Good morning. <laughs> so, folks, I guess I'll start mm. with James. When you have had a positive uh efficient hr and security team process what what did that look like so the ultimate way to look at this is uh, like so i've i've never had a perfect i've never worked in a place where that's been perfect so let's just start off with that that's because that's, you didn't work with me probably <laughs> but i think part of the challenge is um when when hrs who are generalists want to help you fill a role in InfoSec, which is very specialist, 
and you're a generalist, it's very hard for you to um, comprehend the needs of the role. And so you, you find yourself having to explain the needs of the role. Now, in an ideal world, what would that look like? You, you know, you're as a CISO, I would have my department managers who are looking to fill that role start the process with HR. I would be kind of like the final person they the the interviewee would meet with after they've cleared the hurdles of HR um, and their department heads and the teams. And, and then that's how we would onboard someone. Right. Ideally. Now, that doesn't happen. I mean... I've I've said it, Naomi. Uh, I've shared it with her as well. Like, there's just no that that doesn't happen simply because um, it, you can write an incident response plan down, and you can write 500 things down, and you can create policies. At the end of the day, do you adhere to those policies, and are those policies realistic to the business need? And a lot of times, when people hire, no one's going like, "I'm going to need to fill this role in 90 days. I'm going to start looking now." I call Renee like I need someone yesterday. yesterday. Exactly. So so it starts with poor planning. It starts with the idea that you can plan all you want, but the business needs and the stuff that you need are 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 always going to be out there. And yeah. they're always going to be instantaneously like I need this tomorrow. Do you think that um, pipelining or continuously having informational conversations with people just as a whole would be more efficient or, you know, you're continuing to build a pipeline of talent passively so that when something does happen and you need somebody yesterday, um, that you have kind of like a little cohort of people that you could potentially choose from. Do you think that's something that um, CISO should do, have the time to do? So, um, I'll ask Naomi, how many hours a week do you work? <laughs> Depends on the week, but uh, on average, a little over 40. So like 45. So I do around 60 to 65 hours. And I'm sure a lot of other CISOs, I know CISOs that do 80 hours. I think mm-hmm. like, I think last time I spoke to Tim Callahan over at Aflac, he was like, you know, I'm doing like 80 hour weeks. Right. And so in that 80 hours, um, or, or 60 hours, or even some out 45 hours or 50 hours that Naomi works, right? You have to manage your team, build strategy, put out fires, mm-hmm. interact with the different business divisions within your company so that you can successfully execute your security program and get more advocates for your security program. And now Renee wants to add passively build a, a, a candidate pipeline. <laughs> so I guess I, I guess I should divorce now. Go back to being single, right? And live a complete because you don't have the time. You don't. I mean, you really don't. And I think this is the challenge that I think I tell a lot of candidates is that's why I do the CISO Talk podcast, right? Because I'm just like, we talk about leadership. When I had Naomi on, we talked about leadership for like 30 minutes. You know why? Because if I'm a candidate and I'm looking for a job, I'm not thinking about the company, I'm thinking about the leader. Plus, not to mention, for most candidates, unfortunately, they only look for these conversations when they're in need. So they aren't passively going out and having conversations. So if you're talking to a company, they they don't want to hear, oh, you're in the pipeline for if something happens down the future. They want something within the next one to two months max 
Um, they don't want to keep waiting uh, six to nine months for something to eventually come about. Yeah, no one dates a married woman if she says, I'm going to leave my husband in two months, right? <laughs> like, you're uh, like, uh... Jerry Springer would disagree. <laughs> <laughs> No one would be like, oh, so you're uh, you're planning on leaving in six months. Great. Let's start having conversations about that. I've talked to so many candidates where they're interviewing, thinking there's a job opening, and the entire time there is no opening. They just want to be interviewed for some pipeline they had no idea going in. So they wasted their time. The company probably wasted their time, too, because those, in- those candidates are not interested in just waiting around. But they get to the interview, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah, we actually don't have a position, but... We were interested in you because you looked interesting somewhere. We stalked you. And it pisses people off, you know? Like, that is not cool. Yeah. On so many levels. No, you're just being taken advantage of. You are. Or or you're being <laughs> or or you're being used, right? To build yeah. yeah. To 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 um to, to have someone look busy. Right, like people try, like like fake busy work. Like I've interviewed seven candidates because I have a quota to interview candidates, even if there's no jobs. Right, to have a to 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 have like a like a folder full of CVs. Um, Yeah, I feel like bigger companies do that. So who 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 do you think has that? I've never heard of quotas of that, like things like that. Who has those types of metrics and numbers? I know there's other metrics that I think are real stupid, but I've never heard of that one. So when I say like, you know, there's the term that says like, um, um, fake employment, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So what's fake employment? It's people who show up to your office and pretend to be busy for eight hours, but they're really not doing anything to either promote the company or anything like that. And in large HR departments, that's evident in a lot of big organizations, right? They have internal recruiters, external recruiters, and those people, they have to fill their day with calls, with meetings, so they're constantly doing what I call fake, um, fake employment, where they're talking to people, they're interviewing people just for the sake of saying, like, you know, you you ought to build a pipeline of candidates. And right. I've seen those quotas in big companies where they have a pipe, like the HR, like um, every person should be doing like you know, like sixty-five interviews a month. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't like have no purpose of doing it, you have to do it. It's part of your quarterly bonus. It's part of your whatever. It's part of your KPIs. And so you end up just wasting people's time. Yeah. Renee, you asked for some examples. I have personal examples of big recruiters coming out to me and be like, hey, we just want to talk to you about a job we don't have yet. They're like, okay. you know. So definitely one of those bigger Silicon Valley fangs that you've heard of. Every one of those. They, uh so, don't want to call them out, but yeah. Call them yeah. out. Call them out. <laughs> call them out. That's what <laughs> we do here. Time. That's what we do here. We call people yeah. out. I mean, it's a big name. What I are you going to tell them? No? Like, so, <laughs> right. Everybody be easy. Be easy. Um, so, what I want to ask you is this, James. When you said that they had, so, so, so this HR department, and I 100% have seen something similar, not exactly that, but something very similar where they track a bunch of metrics on stuff that to me doesn't matter. Um, Hence why I work for myself. But anyway, (laughs) so um, (laughs) these large companies, they track a bunch of, you know, how many resumes came through or how many did you view and how many did the recruiter screen and this and that. 
Now, does that get to you as well as a CISO? Have you seen organizations say, you know, for, for the HR bonus and the HR metrics, you have to hit these amount of numbers and have these amount of recs, open positions and interview these amount of people. But have you seen anything like that where they're also tying that to the leadership or tying it to like the security manager or the security security leader? Have you seen that? No, I'll tell you where I where, where I've seen it. I've seen it when I go to to uh, when I call HR and I say, "Hey, we want to open a job rec mm-hmm. for this role," and they go, "Oh, we have a pipeline of candidates we've been interviewing for four months." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "You've been interviewing people for four months for a job I didn't want to post until right now." Mm-hmm. And they go, "Yeah, you know, we're keeping a fresh pipeline." I'm like, "Hey, we know." No, and 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 the, the, the you know I, I use the logic of like like vegetables like hey we know you love jalapenos so we bought jalapenos <laughs> four months ago we put it in the fridge for you now you want jalapenos here's jalapenos. they're bad by now right they're bad so there is a there is a um there's a little bit of a method to that but it works when again the partnership is close so as many of you know most people outside of let's take COVID out of it people may not be actively the best candidates not okay I won't even say that a lot of the best candidates are typically not look actively looking right there and we've all heard about the um, hidden job market um, I think every opportunity I've gotten the, the, the in 2019 and 2020 have come from Chris Folon I, I laugh at him that he does more recruiting than me um, <laughs> So, so, you know, when it comes to trying to get contracts and working on things for my business, I don't have to, you know, put out a shingle, you know, they, people underground, it's like, hey, you make somebody aware we have capacity, that kind of thing. So Naomi, if Naomi's likely, you know, she's not looking, but two years ago or however long ago, you know, Naomi likely wouldn't be raising her hand or posting her resume out on a job board um for a CISO role like that's not happening at a certain level mm-hmm. um so there is a component of pipelining candidates or talking to passive candidates before you actually building relationships with people before you actually need have them for an opportunity but I think what tends to happen and go wrong or, you know, what irritates people is, A, if you are doing it and with the guys that you have a real job and you don't, like that is deceitful and it's horrible. Nobody should be doing that. Um, but if I reached out to Naomi and said, hey, Naomi, you're a CISO, you know, I work with CISO, I work with, you know, CIOs and CCOs all the time. And, and these are the types of roles that come up. I just want to chat with you and learn more about you. And if you're available, you know, like if she's available, she is. And if she's not, she's not. And I keep my eye on her in the marketplace. And, you know, hopefully at one point in time over, you know, a period of time I can connect with her. Like that is how you build pipelines. Um, the, the issue is you're pipelining. If you're if a recruiter is over there pipelining people and the leadership said that they don't need like I'm pipelining stock analysts. And you don't even hire stock analysts or you might hire one once every blue moon, but you really need incident response people. I, I feel like that's where there might be a disconnect or some kind of, you know, mix up. Um, and especially, James, to your point, which you brought up earlier with generalist recruiters, they don't know. They might be like, oh, I'm looking at security analysts like that could be anything to anybody. So I could see how that could get kind of um, screwy. But there but is I, whole- I'd say there's a difference between 
reaching out to a candidate and saying, hey, I'm a recruiter and these are the types of roles that I typically look for and I just wanted to keep in touch with you versus what Naomi said, like, hey, I'm interviewing people and making them think that there's a role. Because <laughs> yeah. as yeah, James that's said, horrible. that's when your jalapenos go bad. But <laughs> right now right. you're just you're just out in the farm checking on the jalapenos. You didn't pick them yet. Exactly. Yeah, it is. You're and you're right. You're absolutely right about that. There should not be a situation where I'm reaching out to Naomi like, hey, I might have a job and blah, 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 blah. It's like, no, these are the types of roles that come through. The, you know, your profile looks great, you know, that kind of a conversation. Um, but baking up and wasting time. And James, mm -hmm. I agree you with the wasting, a lot, a lot, lot, lot of time wasting in HR happens. Um, and what was funny, I, after our last talk, I forget who reached out to me. It might have been JJ. Somebody reached out. And they were like, I hope you don't feel bad that, you know, we, we beat you up about HR. I'm like, the reason why I'm not in the HR department is because I used to beat them up myself because a lot of the stuff is just stupid. A lot of the metrics don't make sense. It doesn't align to everything. You know, we're not filling customer service roles where you can pipeline a bunch of people and then press a button and then they're all available. Like, it doesn't work like that. It's different. What I hate the most is when recruiters kind of play favorites and they build a pipeline of their favorites. And so they end up reaching out to you depending on no matter what company you're working at, they follow you around and be like, hey, I talked to you like three years ago. Remember me? I have another job opening for you. And then what ends up happening is this incestuous little circle happening where the recruiter only asks maybe two or three of their favorites, depending on the type of role. And they'll just keep asking the same kind of people. They don't really... They build their pipeline, but they still have their level of favorites, their elites. Yeah. And then I see the same thing happening on the hiring side too. The managers, the hiring managers really only network with their <clears throat> handful of people that they really like. And they offer those people the jobs first because they know they're probably going to love working with them or whatever. Their pipeline is all for show. I'll just say, right. like, if there is a pipeline at all, I really think it's for show, honestly. I agree yeah. with <clears throat> Go ahead, go ahead, James. Yeah, most pipelines are for show because you're not gonna. It's it's like um you know I get the yesterday um I won't I'll, it's it's very interesting but I was um 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 I, I got a message I was covering Tel Aviv University Cyber Week and in the networking part of the uh, event I get a message from someone and they go Hey James um would love to connect with you to talk to you about all the different technologies our company does. And then learn about what your company's doing. So two wrong things with that approach. One, you want to first talk to me about your technology, which I may not have any interest in. Number two, then you want to learn about my company. So that lets me know your priorities to sell me. Subconsciously. I hate that. I hate that. Me yeah. too. Um, and so then I answer the person and I go, um, thanks for reaching out. I'm not taking any vendor meetings until January. Now he got ticked off. He goes, what, you don't have time for a call now? I'm like, one, no. <laughs> Seriously, like I don't. And number two, I don't have the budget to buy anything now. So why would you want to talk to me right now? Like, why would I want to have a conversation with you? I'm not looking for this kind of stuff right now. And the same applies to job candidates, right? I'll go to HR and they'll be like, hey, look at all these people we've screened already. And I'm like, that's great, but I don't need any of these people right now. Like none of these skills matter. The only skills you're screening is entry-level roles. 
And if you attend any, like, like to me, like one of my most frustrating pieces is when like the director of HR will sit in a management meeting and, you know, I'm, t- I'm sharing my strategy and I go, we're in automation. We're in complete automation. We want to automate all entry-level roles. We want to automate as much as possible. We want to have a select group of people that know how to do specialized work that can support our company's securities, securities health and posture. And people like you're, you're sitting in these meetings, director of HR, like <laughs> after this meeting, are you communicating the different departments strategies to your HR people? So they know, is it my role to go and communicate to 10 HR people, my strategy? And indiv- I don't have time for that. I sit in a weekly management meeting and I share, I get 10 minutes to share what I'm doing or what our philosophy is. And so I expect that you're going to take that and go to your team. Like I go to my team and I go, hey, DevOps is going to be working on this. These are the projects that are coming up from a technology perspective. You, you, you reach out to those teams, start coordinating all the different security aspects that need their create a checklist, so forth. Right. Why aren't HR managers doing that? You want the real answer? (laughs) I know what the real answer is, but I'm just putting it out there that that's a problem. That's a real problem. They are not their metrics and what they're tied to. And this, this, this is the issue. They are tied to a bunch of other metrics that a lot of the times do not align to the business. And so it's bizarre. It, it makes sounds, no sense. It's outdated. It familiar, right, James? It sounds, sounds very familiar when, you know, um, Naomi and I are young CISOs right? We're very young compared to our peers. Like if we go to a CISO conference, people look at us and go, so what do you do? <laughs> Who's kids like, are those? <laughs> I'm a, like, Who's your dad here? Who's your dad? And I'm like, uh, 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 Tim is, Tim's my dad. <laughs> He's got an unlimited cyber budget. Wine and dine me folks. Wine and dine me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, but but, but we're young CISOs. And so we came into security and part of our challenge was the disconnect between what security was and the businesses. And to hear you say that that exists with HR, it's like, do we not learn anything in business? Like, like we're we're all on the same team. That's what that's what it right? is. Right? Like we're all like yeah. we all want the company to be successful because right. we all want to still have paychecks. We all want to get raises. Right. We all want to get our bonuses. Yeah. So, like, let's stop internal conflict and let's let's really start it's working as a team. It's it's unbelievable. I mean, I used to f- literally fight tooth and nail. And then that's why I ended up in IT. I was like, these people, they're like, you get it. The rest of these people don't. Let's, like, why don't you come over here and we'll pay for you and you do the stuff, you know, do it for us over here. Because it's like, you're following all these metrics. You're trying to do this stuff, but the jobs aren't getting filled. And the resources that we need to fill the roles aren't happening. But you're so concerned with all this other bullshit. And it's just like, this, none of this is going to result in the end result. It's a lot of activity. It's a lot of other stuff, but it's not helping you support the business line that we're supposed to be doing. So anyway, say it. All right. Danielle says, is it worth reaching out to small business owners to sell yourself even if there isn't a job posted? So, uh, So here's the thing, Danielle. 
I remember you from two weeks ago. You had great questions. She's so awesome. She Who wants is to hire awesome. her? Yeah. She's looking for a job. Um, you know, I, I don't have any openings right now. <laughs> Jump in my pipeline. You know, and, and I tell Danielle, hey, let's 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 spend some time interviewing and I'll put you in the pipeline. And six months from now, when I get the budget and I got a job opening that may or may not suit you, you know, I'll call you and be like, have you done these six other certs? Um, and so... And, and so that, 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 that's not, here's the thing. Small business owners um, typically don't want to hire anyone for security. Good small business owners are typically outsourcing that to their MSP. And so if you really are trying to find a job, reach out to MSPs, like small MSPs mm-hmm. that maybe don't have someone for security that are maybe selling a few basic tools like uh, EDR or, you know, EDR is a fancy term for antivirus. Um, and uh, seriously, that's what it is. EDR is a fancy tool. The, the, people got sick of antivirus because whenever they thought of antivirus, they were like Semantic McAfee and like all these other companies that came up with that. We're going to change the term. Hey, Gartner. <laughs> we'll pay you for this. Yeah. Please rename it EDR. Yeah, and Gartner's right, like, yeah. and, and like the guys at Gartner were like, okay, we're good. <laughs> right? Like we're good. So Danny, I'll reach out to MSPs. Yeah, um, you're right. And, and, and start there because that's where you'll also be able to work with a lot of different clients. It's a challenge. You'll learn new things all the time and you'll have assets that would appeal to CISOs later on down the road. Yeah. Unfortunately for Danielle, there's no real good way of finding these local MSPs. You know, you kind of just stumble upon them sometimes. I Google, I'm just like, you know, local security company to help me with my security needs. There's not a lot of great places that list this information here. You just kind of have to know where to look almost. But this is where networking comes into play. If you know a local CISO, reach out to them, be like, hey, are there any local companies in my area that do uh, support mid-sized companies or small companies for their security operations, for their security incident handling, stuff like that, where I'd be like, uh, now I know a name, I have a company name, and let's check out their careers page, or let's go on their contact form and see if anyone can uh, get back to me on a job request, right? These are the kind of things that networking is going to help a lot. But uh, again, if you go to Google and just type in like, you know, local MSV is in my area, like that, it's not anything, unfortunately. Yeah, good point. Good point. You're a true MVP, Naomi. (laughs) somebody <laughs> says i love these CISO thursdays me too i think we should make it a regular thing a CISO thursdays with you two um okay namd my buddy says isn't it about relationships at the end of the day if you start the hr relationship with a potential candidate based on a false premise how can you possibly expect to be successful? Most good candidates will not take the future role because of you, not the company. And I think that was the discussion when we were talking about recruiters calling you up like, hey, I might have a role or just ghosting people or, you know, fake jobbing people. And um, yeah. I agree. Yeah. People talk about Glassdoor a lot. Like, look at a company's Glassdoor rating. I give Glassdoor ratings nothing, no value whatsoever. Why? It's it's like reading like Pinterest um, or comments or anything like that, like uh, or Yelp. Yeah, James is right because either you're going to be really really upset about with the company as an employee or really ecstatic and, and oh, usually they you're they like, you to say you're great, we're great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they um, they're like, Amazon gift card. Yeah, the Amazon gift cards. Like, hey, everyone, go to go to Glassdoor and say yeah. we're the greatest company on the planet and get a twenty five dollar gift card. I know for a fact my one company asked their senior managers to go in and post things yeah, on Glassdoor 
bump up their rating. And this is a large mutual financial company, mutual funds, financial oh, it company. It happens all the time. It happens all the time. Yeah, but but that's but that's Yelp, right? Zach. Like, Who is that? Zach has COVID, man. How you doing, Zach? Are we bringing him on? Hey, Zach, if you want COVID tips, um, contact me. I've had it twice, survived oh it, as you can tell. And he still looks phenomenal. Look at this. So Craig says, regarding HR, hey, Craig, Craig was on the other day. That's really common. I've seen the disconnect in my previous industry, too. Surely there should be an overarching strategy, meaning HR not focused on the business line and everybody having these own little mini metrics and whatever else they got going but that, on. But that starts with the CEO, right? Yeah. Like as a CISO, when when we're offered a job, like the first thing I look at is the CEO. And I'll try to find, if the CEO doesn't speak publicly at all, like if I can't find him in a, in a, on being interviewed by like a TV show or a radio program or a podcast, and I don't hear him speak, I don't take those interviews. Hmm. I want to know who the CEO is before I commit any time to pursuing that opportunity. Well, maybe because, they're so busy they can't do podcasts. Yeah. Well, they can't do podcasts. That, they can't do but but you're the face of your company, so the CEO really mm-hmm. has two roles: raise money and sell the company. <laughs> so the two things you should be doing mm-hmm. is FaceTime, talking about what great company you are, the culture of the organization, why people should want to come and work for you. That's that's a CEO's real job. Or they're back in the <laughs> trenches, you know, really heads down, get that MVP out there, get those funders, get those investors, and then go out and say, what a great product you have. I'm you working know, with the CEO now who's doing that. Uh, you wouldn't even know from this guy that he is actually running a company. I was surprised out of my mind when I'm like, you have a company? Because so he's behind the scenes? He is, yeah, someone you all know that he runs his own company, but you wouldn't even know it from all the posts that he has on LinkedIn. You would have zero idea. But what, I am what not- What look like he's doing? What's that? What does it look like he's doing? He's just posting on stuff like AWS and basic security for AWS and stuff like that. Pretty popular guy. But I would say you're not. Is it Dutch? Is it Dutch? No. I'm not going to name drop. There's no way I'm name dropping. Come on, name drop. Yeah, but he is a CEO of a company, co-founder, CEO, and I'm a customer of his now. But he, you would never tell from LinkedIn. Like zero. Zero posts. But, 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 but again, you go to work for a company. What's the first thing you do? You see who the CEO is. So I would look him up and I would see what he's posting and I would get an idea of who he is. And I love the fact that he's not bragging about a company that he hasn't even built yet. It's still MVP stage. Like he's just got initial funding. So there's nothing really to brag about other than he's starting this thing, which is ramping up, by the way. It's going to be pretty sweet. So I'm surprised you don't want to give him a shout out. Why not help Why him out? I, I feel like this is no, I don't know. We signed it. Why not help him out? Because based on what you're saying, because based on the problems, look at but him. he hasn't done it on his own. I don't want to be like, hey, this is your but based on what deal. you're telling, it's someone that I should probably follow. You do know him, and it's someone I should probably be engaging more. Do you know how many like LinkedIn, like my LinkedIn feed is like garbage? It's it's predominantly like, like. When I see your post, I get really ecstatic and I always have to comment because I'm like, finally, something where people don't say, look, here's another breach and here's why this company's stupid. 
Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of boring after a while. Yeah. Somebody made a post about that the other day about LinkedIn feeds and is it just say is it is your feed just sales and the same thing over and over again? Well, I'd rather have a sales feed than a politics feed at this point. So I'm grateful for that. But at the same time, I'm like I want more engaging posts. I want people that really challenge the status quo. I want and, challengers too. Yeah, yeah, I want I want people to you know, people like we talk about the interview process a lot. And Naomi posted something yesterday that I thought got a lot of traction. Um, but it was like, how do you do a job interview? You know, and 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 it's it's like testing, right? People test differently. Like, right. Some some people are really good at tests, and others aren't good at tests. But that doesn't mean that they don't have knowledge or the ability to, to dissect information or critically think. They just don't perform well in a test environment. But why is it like a test in the first place? I think it's more right. like speed dating. So Naomi, tell me what, tell, tell us about your post. I didn't get to, yeah. I, I skimmed it. So it was, yeah, people, it was just ooh. hot take uh, like I always do. Um, but yeah. in this case, it's like, why are interviews the same as it's always been? It's 2020. We have collaborative tools out there like Slack, Discord, uh, you know, asynchronous communication. Why don't we do things where we get to know somebody more informally through some of these more mediums where you can like do a video chat or send them interview questions ahead of time so they can read ahead of time just to like answer them in their head a little bit. Um, but the way we do interviews now just feels really outdated. So it's it's not benefiting anyone. And again, it feels like, back to James's point, it feels like a test. You walk into the testing room pretty much not knowing what's going to be on the exam. It could be literally anything. And it's almost a breath of fresh air when you actually get asked questions that you studied for. You're like, oh, wow, this actually has something to do with the job. That's great. I can't tell you how many interviews I've been on where the person is just trying to trick me and be like, you know, what port does ping use? I'd be like, ping, layer four. Like, it's, you know, it's like these stupid things where they're trying to trick you on stuff. And you're like, that is Googleable. And I don't know why you're asking me this because it's nothing to do with the job. And I hate that. And I talked to so many candidates and so many um, aspiring cybersecurity people who are like, I'm so frustrated by the interview process, if they can even get an interview, which is another issue. But the interviews themselves, they are just like all over the place and they're ridiculous and they're embarrassing. Who's asking the questions? Hiring managers usually, if they get to the technical interview, it could be anywhere. And we're not certified interviewers. There's not like a CISSP for security interviewing. Like that's not a thing. So one, we're not, we're not like homogenous across the board. We don't have training. We don't have the skill set. Interviewing is completely a skill set. Just like on the other side of that, yeah. being in, like doing an interview, being interviewed is absolutely a skill set. It's totally a skill set. Yeah, totally. And, and I, you know, I've said to managers a ton of time, just, People in general, some two things that irritate you talk about. You talk about interviews that in, that irritate you. Resumes. When people, when managers start telling me about, oh, this person's resume, I'm like, these people are not professional resume editors. Like, yeah. they're not professional interviews. Like, if the interview is like a little too smooth, like, how often are they interviewing? <laughs> like, you know, right? Like, if it's super duper smooth, mm-hmm. how often are they interviewing? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's. I think I'm starting to read and see a little bit more of um, people with your point of view versus a couple of years ago, especially with people that have been in these organizations a long time. And they're like, well, why did this person jump? And why do they have a gap? And blah, 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 blah. I'm like, life? Like, 
you know, there's okay. all these different things that they use to rule people out of yeah. positions and it, Ugh. Okay. Yeah, especially so COVID. Like, how are you going to be like? I have a four month gap on my resume. Oh, well, yeah. too bad. So, so I got to tell you something. One of the things I hate in a job interview is when someone holds your resume in front of you like this and goes, "So, tell me about the time you worked at Oracle." What was that like? What did you do? It's literally written on my resume, dude. Like it's you. right there, black and white. Like that's why you took the meeting. Well, that's right? the first time they actually saw the resume. They don't prepare ahead of time. They just print out the resume and just be like, first time I'm looking at it, I'm now interviewing you. It happens all right? the time. So, so, so I, have a, I have a rule in my interviews. Um, and, and, I, and I shared it yesterday on Naomi's post, but I don't do in-office interviews. I refuse to do those. And if I do it, it's no more than half an hour. I like to go grab a cup of coffee with a candidate. I like to walk somewhere with a candidate. That tends to loosen people up. It tends to get people. And, and I let them know beforehand, like they don't show up in my office and go, let's go grab a cup of coffee. I'm like, hey, be prepared. We're going to, you know, this is my interview structure. These are the things we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, we're going to go to this coffee shop when you get here. So just please make sure you're on time. We only have an hour and I want to really maximize it. It's going to take what us What are you going to do during a pandemic though? Can't really do that anymore. Well, and and and, and I think that's that's part of the problem now you do it through Slack, like you said, and Discord, mm-hmm. and you do, you know, like Zoom interviews, which I absolutely despise. I've done in my Zoom interviews, um, I'll, I'll prepare myself an espresso and, and and I'll have them, you know, I'll let them know like beforehand. I was like, please have a cup of coffee. We're going to spend the first minutes, uh, first few minutes talking about coffee and just to kind of loosen them up. Yeah. Right. So like the really good people, like the the smart ones, they'll research coffee beans. Like, it's so funny. Like, I've had people come with, like, I've become a coffee aficionado during this <laughs> pandemic because people were like, well, did you know that coffee beans are really green and they only become brown after you roast them? And then you know that if you over roast them, they get a burn smell. And then that's why sometimes when you're tasting really bad coffee, it like gives you like, like it burns the back of your throat because they've actually burnt the beans while roasting them. And I'm like, I really like you. I really like you. <laughs> I know now that if I hired this person and I asked him to do something, he'll never say, I don't know. He'll be like, I'll get you the answer. Yeah. And I'll tell you everything you want to know about it. Yeah. It's a good point. Some comments here. Roger says he just recently discovered Slack. Roger, mm-hmm. where have you been, my friend? Yeah. What planet have you been living on? <laughs> <laughs> Wait till he discovers Giphy. <laughs> Danielle says, I learned that I'm a much I'm much better with reading and writing information than oral interviews. Oh yeah. So yeah. are a lot of people. What we're like 50% of learners are differently learned. Like they're yeah. not the same learners as Correct. what you get in school. People are different. Yeah. Ozzy, who's here? Trick questions be damned. She's I walk out of back. interviews with trick questions. Oh, I walk goodness. out. I'm like, listen, you're you're obviously not serious about hiring me if you're asking me about Yeah, it's a waste of everybody's time. And I wonder, go ahead. Or the interview questions that you can just Google, uh, not the answers, but when people are like, oh, I don't know what to ask in an interview because they're not good interviewers, they literally go to Google and they type in the name of the role, interview questions, sock analysts, interview questions. And then it's like the top three or four things. I'll just be like, I'm just going to go down that list. It is so lazy. And just so uncreative, but so many people do this because it's easier. What's bizarre is like, wouldn't you want to, I think it would be cool. I don't know how this could be accomplished, but I think it would be great if we were able to give people an opportunity to do like 
a, like the interview would be like a, a, a small component of the job. So like, instead of asking questions and all of this, which is all theory, like, okay, if you're in a stock analyst, right? Here's the laptop, here's, you know, two hours of what a day in the life of a stock analyst is, you know, with kind of like, here are like five things that you need to do. Um, go do it. Like simulated, I don't know, some kind of simulation, something where you are actually performing the job instead of answering these random questions. Yep. Because I want to know like what your thought process is. And you don't have to get the answer right. I remember way back when I was in like seventh, eighth grade and my math teacher used to say, it's not really about the answer. It's how you, how you formulate the math problem. So going through the whole, like your equations and stuff, like your answer could be wrong, but I'm going to still give you eight and a half points out of nine because everything was right. It's just that you carried the, you know, like you did something in between. So not necessarily like the right answer per se. It's like how you get to it by actually physically doing something. What yeah. think I agree. That? I agree. It's kind of like The Apprentice with uh, our president ran that reality show where they yeah. had like contests and they all had the same goal. Right. But then like the person who performed the worst would just get be like, you're fired. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. But, but, but people tuned in. That was, I think that was the effect of the show, right? It was a competition. I don't know if you watch like the, uh, the, the Ninja show, like Ninja warrior. Yeah. Ninja warriors. Ninja warrior. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I love Ninja warriors. I've been watching like the U S version and the Israeli version <laughs> and like, you know, there there's, there's um, a level of competition and, people who succeed and people who, who fail, right? Like one thing I've noticed, by the way, is everyone who talks smack and say, I'm going to finish this falls in the third challenge by, by, <laughs> by like rule of thumb. They're just like so cocky. And if the people who are like quiet, who barely get any TV time beforehand, like don't get the interviews and don't get any of that garbage mm -hmm. and they just go out there, they kill it. Yeah. Silent killers. I think yeah. competition could work, but there'd be so much cheating. I can, well, I can, like, I can. I'm not talking about competition, though, within our departments. I think competition is healthy. I think th the reason we have Teslas today is because of competition. If we didn't have competition, we'd all, be, we'd all still be driving, like, Ford Model T, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. you know. Yeah, like, go capitalism. Woo. Right? Like, th there's aspects to competition that are very healthy. Mm -hmm. I think in a job interview, though, trick questions or anything like that, that's just garbage. That's That tells too. you it, it is. It, it just shows how bad of a person you are. Oh, and right. if you're supposed to be my manager, no, yeah. seriously. But but it, it shows how, how, how you – a trick question to me is the same way you manage. You're going to trick me into making a decision. And then if my decision doesn't work, you're going to fire me for it or you're going to pin it on me so you come out looking good. Yeah. And that's your style of management. And I think candidates need to be aware of that. I think if candidates, every time someone asks them a trick question, we're just like, yeah, I'm not doing this. Can I talk to your manager? <laughs> like in the job interview, like this is a really bad job it's experience. Like the power struggle though. Like you're not going to say that to someone who works at a Google especially or whatever. If you're, especially if you're that. a junior. If you're seasoned yeah. or if you're like really confident and you like, you know, I don't care. Yes, yeah. you'll walk out. But, but if you need a job. that are reaching out to Naomi. Yeah. Although I would probably really respect someone who did that, who just knew exactly like this is bullshit. You should not be doing this to anyone. Yeah. You know, it's mean spirited at yeah. worst. But well, at best, it it's tells you like, nothing about the job candidate. I'm That's sorry to cut thing. you off, but it tells you nothing about the job it's candidate. Half of these, half of these interview questions don't. Like I would sit in these like prep, you know, trying to to, to coach 
um, uh, IT leaders on interviewing. And I'm like, what do you want to know? <laughs> like, you're asking questions and you're getting an answer, but what, what do you, what's the end result? Like, what do you want to know here? So how about this? Instead of interviews, just get rid of the interview idea. What would you replace with interviews? If you had conversations, um, um, Namadi has a really good one there. Um, he has a comment where he goes whiteboard sessions. So put out a problem, put the person with two or three people of your team and see how he interacts with them and trying to solve a problem. Like yep. that's a really good thing. Like I've done yeah. that before. Like right. I'm a current business problem. Exactly. Oh, really? Get some exactly. Get some free work exactly. out of it. Well, yeah, yeah, but but you know what? Well, forget free work. Some people, well, some people would look at that and say what Naomi is saying, but but that's not free work. That's people like you're you want to see them live in action. Like no one goes to a car dealership. And, and looks at a car and goes, that's a good look. I like the color. I like the interior. I'll buy it. You right. test drive you it. test drive it. Exactly. Yeah, but exactly. you don't give them test like a current business problem. Interview. That's where the issue is. You can't just give them a current well, problem. So, 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 so don't. So have. In the past. Yeah. yeah put a past a problem. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because otherwise you want to like legal things. A past problem. And that's the thing. Like, or if, if I know that I need my incident response person to respond, like an incident just happened. What do you do? You know, like. Like, like, I want to know how we. But prepare him for it. I think this goes back to what Naomi was saying. Let him know that this isn't going to be an interview where you and I sit down and I give you a bunch of questions because I googled top twenty interview questions for IT professionals and I have it on my screen in front of me. And by the way, while we're doing the interview, I'm going to do this. I'm going to stare at my screen, ask you a question. Then I'm going to look at you. Then I'm going to look back at my screen. And then I got an email or a funny meme on Slack. And because I, I, wow, I saw one of my, I saw one of my VPs do that once to a job interview. Like it was a glass door and I saw him on his computer and the interviewer, the interviewee is speaking. And I can see from the reflection in the glass that he's on Slack. Hang <laughs> it out. <laughs> Better than Twitter. Uh, what? So I went, I, I, I got, I opened the Slack on my phone. <laughs> and I just sent him into Slack and I'm like, I really, really hope that this guy gets a job. Otherwise you're being disrespectful. Yeah. When you're in a job interview, turn off your phone. Yeah. It's ridiculous. But that's a power struggle. Like the whole yeah. power dynamic is. You there is no power dynamic in a job interview. Yes, we have. There shouldn't be, though. There shouldn't be. There, exactly. So if we get rid of the test format and make it a conversation between two equals. Yeah. Well, it's a con like you and I work together. Like, yes, I may be the person who does your quarterly reviews. I may be the person who gives you feedback on your job, right? But at the end of the day, if you just agree with everything I do and I'm going down a path of of, of complete oblivion Mm -hmm. and no one has the guts to tell me, hey, we're going down the path path of complete oblivion, I'm failing as a leader. Or you're gonna surround yourself with all yes men or yes women. Exactly. Yeah. And that's a problem too. Exactly. All right, folks. Comments. Shaw Briggs w- wants to know, I want to know if you all know of companies allowing people to volunteer to learn. Yeah. So there's a new uh, mentorship thing with apprenticeships also. It's called Battleship Security. Uh, Caitlin Akani is on LinkedIn and she's starting this Battleship Security. Uh, I don't usually give shout outs to companies like this, but they're in for a right reason. They're not charging anything for anyone. 
So you go to Battleship Security and check out their mentorship program. They do something like an apprenticeships also with uh, companies that are looking for really good talent, but not able to pay. <laughs> That's pretty much what it is. It's uh, you volunteer your time. That's awesome. Battleship Security. I'm going to write that one down. Yeah. Okay. And Shaw also wants to know how relevant is Splunk in cybersecurity? The big player in the sim industry. Um, Splunk is way overpriced. I don't know. I always go to like the first thing I hear when I hear Splunk, I'm like overpriced. Uh, yeah. It's it's based off of a common RFC in the industry, you know, syslogs. And Splunk is just one of the major players that ingress and filter. If you go work for enterprise businesses, Almost all Fortune oh, 1000 use Splunk. So yeah. you're going to want to know we that. Have the money, yeah. Yeah. We have the money. Naomi, what's the name of that company that you just talked okay, about? Okay, Battleship Security. I, let me just Battle make sure it's the right. Security. Okay, yeah. I'm jotting that down because Battleship I want to check that out. Um, Roger yep. says, Sococo now? Is that is that another tool? Is that another thing? Sococo? I don't know that one. I don't know. Um, Shanisa says, I think questions like that gives you an insight to a company culture, um, though, and should be a red flag. 100% agree. Agree. We're always talking about those um, trick questions. Yeah. Trick questions, yeah. Andre says, how many interviews should the person go through to get the job? If a person is looking for a job, he or she does not have eight weeks of inter inter <laughs> interviews to go through. Um, good, good, really good perspective and really out of the box thinking with that question because that's like i'll see like people in hr they're like yeah we've done we still have to do three more interviews with them before you can talk to the candidate because we have to do like these assessments and i'm like you know people that are looking for a job <laughs> need money <laughs> it depends on the level too like obviously if you're in a c level you're going to be doing more interviews with more people but if you're in a junior or mid-senior you're going to try to whip them out like even if it's five different people you want to talk to like do it over one day do it over two days so the poor person doesn't have to take time off over multiple days like be nice be kind i'm a um, huge proponent of um interview days i agree where you just get like you know you take a couple weeks you work with the recruiter or your HR person, they gather up all the, you know, all the, the the resumes and all the people that they could find within a certain time frame, and then it's like, hey, pick the top how many five or six, get them all on the schedule, and do it over like one to two days, and kind of just it just condenses the well, whole dragged out interviewing process. Just do just dedicate one day and start off at like 7:30 with a group interview, build some sort of group interview to highlight the people who, you know, like do yeah. a group interview with teams, put them give them all a problem to solve on a whiteboard, watch the teams. Kind of Google does that when they're hiring people as well as they mm -hmm. they kind of bring in like 100 different engineers and they give them they put them in a groups of like 5 or 10 and they tell them go solve a problem in whiteboard and the HR and the recruiting managers are watching the team's work. They're watching specific candidates and then they highlight those people and move them on to more, more interviews. Totally. Um, okay, cool. You can do a virtual coffee. Lincoln says. We do. I hate virtual coffee. Starbucks. <laughs> I haven't. I also didn't know coffee beans are green. So, but yeah. it makes sense if you roast anything and turns brown. What is your take on a request? for your such and such resume. So I don't know if it means like a project management type of resume or a, a different type of resume. 
a I request for a different type of resume? That's an interesting one. Follow up with this and please let me know who's, who's reaching out. Um, Danielle says, do a small component of the job. Yes, she likes that. I like that too. Um, wow, there's so many people here. Okay, let me see. More comments, more comments. All this James is comments. Yeah. No, no, you're popular, Naomi. You are popular. You're also popular. Lincoln says, it's crazy to imagine an interviewer would have to Google questions for an interview. That's kind of scary. The interviewer should have enough background knowledge to create relevant oh. questions. Oh, Lincoln. Lincoln, Lincoln, Lincoln. Lincoln, that, that's a world where people respect each other and there's love and harmony. They and there's global peace. And people know like, Yeah. Like, think of what really another thing that people don't, leaders don't understand is, and it is picking the interview team. So really knowing how the person that you are putting in front of the interview, the interviewer that you're p putting out there, how they come across to the um, to the candidate, because yeah. I think they might think, oh, this is our tough, you know, like this is the smartest person or this is the person that knows what they're doing. But then they might not be able to relay that over to the candidate and ask the right questions or might turn the candidate off by the way they're, you know, by their personality or whatever it is. Um, so I've seen that happen too, where candidates are like, no, thank you. You know, they get in, the person loves them and they're like, I don't want to be in that. I'm not. <laughs> well, then at that point you're feeding their ego. Like if you just play, play along just for a couple minutes and be like, I'll let you ask me a couple of trick questions or whatever. Like I can do this. But then all of a sudden you turn in this into like some sort of chasing game where you are the little mouse and the an interviewer is the cat and you're like being preyed upon like that's how i feel at the end of those things yeah. you're like emotionally distressed at the end of one of those interviews danielle says i replace interviews with honest past job references never no ma'am danielle <laughs> not gonna happen i can't tell you how many times people have given me references and it's a fake name and phone number it's like a like a co-worker that's not even a manager. And, and people think you're like dumb enough to where like you're not going to go to LinkedIn or, or like just Google who ran that team. No, thank you. Not happening. Yeah, I replaced past job references with a good Google, a good, good Google of yeah, this person or yeah. LinkedIn search. And go back a few years too. Like check out your own social media posts and delete anything that's like at least like minutely uh, disastrous for your career. Like you just yeah. want to get rid of that. And yeah, I think, you know, it, it tends to be a catch-22 because most people don't, if they're giving references, they're not going to give the reference of the boss that they told, you know, gave the middle finger on their way out, <laughs> like, you know, or somebody that they had a clash with or whatever situation that they had. They're usually going to give people that are going to provide glowing references. So, And that's why you should never leave with your finger, middle finger on the way out. Like, you should always, ne like, never burn that bridge. Uh, Good advice. Good advice, Naomi. Okay, a pa Roger says a past problem might also be useful for another take and actually provide additional resolution. So uh, Roger is talking about earlier when we said, um, I think um, Nandi talked about providing a, um, a past problem as, a, uh, as an interview discussion, case study type interview. Yeah, um, I like it. And Roger, or a better solution in practice. I agree. Semper Gumby says, good morning, everyone. Good morning. I love the names on YouTube. I know. People have like the weirdest names on YouTube. <laughs> Super comfy. Uh, Shaw, whatever we responded to, Shaw says, thank you. He's going to be using that. Is there a beta Splunk software to practice on? There is, right? There's some free component of Splunk. It used to be free. It used to be yeah. cheap. 
Yeah. Sold out. Like, like Naomi said, used to be. <laughs> used to be. Way back when I first started, I'm like, Spunk is the best. It was so cheap and free. Yeah. And now I, I literally took a, got another quote the other year. And I was like, what happened? You guys sold yeah. out completely. So yeah. no, unfortunately, I don't think there is a free one. But it is based off of a common RFC, and you should just be able to take a I look at this one. was a free one up until like two, two, two years ago. No, 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 <laughs> negative. Splunk is like they're, now purchasing things like Victor Ops. They're going all out, man. Yeah, Splunk, Splunk's trying to be one of the top 10 in cyber. Okay. And Semper says, I doubt my university is going to train on Splunk. I doubt it too, Semper. Well, there's some, there are some classes that actually, or some uh, universities that do so use So 5,000 universities, private, public in this country, only 86 have cyber programs. You want to tell me out of those 86, some are I've talked Splunk? to at least two. I have talked to at least two. They're like, oh, yeah, I did Splunk in a lab once. I was like, oh, good for you. Yeah, you, Splunk in a lab once. That's the universities who invest in having a cyber range. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, I don't know. <laughs> they were like, yeah, adamant that they use Splunk in a lab once. <sighs> He's disgusted. Roger says, yes, so Coco is like a virtual office that shows location of participants. Didn't know about this one. Learn something new every day on here. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Jose, Jose. Mr. Francois. Just just say his last name. Freddie, Mac, Fannie Mae, and Navy Federal all play that game of multiple interviews. Who is this LinkedIn user? I know, because I used to be in there. It's a mess. Um. (laughs) And these are the same people that want uh, universal health care. Were you typing in there, Renee? <laughs> right. I'm the user. <laughs> I'm the LinkedIn user. <laughs> don't even, please don't get me started on one of those. Okay. I have two years left, Mr. Francois. I have two years left of school to graduate with my BS in cybersecurity, which is better. Which is better, an internship or a low-level call center job to build experience before I graduate? Internship. Go ahead, folks. Internship. Internship. Low level call center job. Yeah, don't don't do do a call center job. Whatever you do, that takes away your soul. That empties any happiness in your life. It's not something you would put on your resume anyway for cybersecurity jobs. No, 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 no. Maybe he means help desk. Maybe by by what he means, call center jobs like a help desk job. Any Any, IT job. Yeah, any IT job would be okay. But if you're gonna Mm -hmm. go like work in a Verizon call center, taking like you know billing questions, don't do that. Don't do that. Okay, Craig wants to know, or Craig says, interviewers sometimes forget that the interview interaction may be their first impression of the company. And even if you're unsuccessful, that impression can last, which can have a negative impact on the future of said company. Another insightful comment by Craig. (laughs) Amen. See, that's why Craig was on here the other day. Some bridges do deserve to be burned. Oh, Lord. Oh, I want to hear the story. I want to hear it. I mean, Ozzy is not wrong. <laughs> there are some really mean companies out there that kind of deserve it, but you don't want it to come back to bite you. Oh, man. Andre says you can also check out Elk. What's Elk? It's a tech stack. Elastic something. Cabana. Splunk offers free training. The combination stack. of three different tech stacks yes. to create one great, giant, magnificent tech. tech. Like, think of, like, Deadpool. You know, like, one giant mega robot. That, that's what that is. <laughs> Splunk offers free training. That could be it. Maybe that's yeah. what the person I'm thinking of. I did a lab one. The yeah, they may they may offer some free training, but they don't. They don't have the full on thing. Yeah. They don't have the full on thing. Mr. Francois is laughing out loud, and Belroup. Hello, Belroup. 
Hello, great conversation, learning a lot. As usual, I anticipated this fun crew to be here until for almost an hour. We could Thanks probably for having us, Renee. Yeah, I mean, we could literally do one of these live streams. If our lives had nothing else to do and we did one of these, this would be like an all, like people would be like, oh, screw this meeting. What? This is Rogan, an- This is Rogan in training. <laughs> another, 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 another sales meeting. I'm sick of those. Yes, we're not hitting numbers. You know why? There's a global freaking pandemic. Organizations aren't making money. People are hungry and suffering. God darn it. We don't need another sales meeting with a sales manager berating us. We just go really, really dark in this topic and just say all the bad things that are really happening. Well, you know, you can, you can say the truth or you can, or, or, or you can speak in, 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 whatever. But, um, I think for a lot of the salespeople who may be listening or people that are looking for jobs, it's tough. A lot of big companies have had to lay off a lot of people. I mean, I think like in the airline industry alone, like a hundred thousand people between the major airlines in this country are out of work. And these are people who come with aviation experience. So it's not like they can go and work in other events and and, and, in other industries right now. So I think we all have to be mindful of the time and help each other and support each other. And Renee, what you're doing is unbelievable with breaking into cyber and kind of being that gateway. Um, And that's, that's really something that, that, we need to support other human beings because at the end of the day, you know, no matter what we are, no matter where we come from, we all are born the same way. We all die the same way. And we all pretty much live and, and do our basic humanly functions identically. And so if we just put everything else to rest, we all need to support each other no matter what. So Amazing. So beautiful. Cool. I think we should end on that one. I think we should. Chris Van Go. Oh, this is Chris Van Gorder. He made this comment. Thanks to that. Thanks again. Great fun and informative. Very, very true. Folks, it has been a blast. Thank you so much for those kind words, James and Naomi. Thank you both for being here um, with another edition of Breaking into Cybersecurity. You guys are awesome. And it looks like they're saying that you, this is CISO Thursday. So I think we're going to have to. <laughs> started it. We started, yeah. we started the trend. I told you, Naomi, I told you I was going to do this. Yeah, you did it. <laughs> This is like James's realm, though. He's got his own sister talk podcast, so like, just careful. And what's really funny is that's fine. I don't mind doing this every Thursday. My episode goes live in two hours. Every CISO talk goes live 2 p.m. every Thursday. There you go. You know, it's a great kickoff. By the way, if 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 you don't mind, I'll do a shameless plug. But today's um, today's CISO talk is with Patrick Gall. He's the executive director of the National Technology Security Coalition, and we're talking about cybersecurity bills including the National Data Breach Notification Bill that circumvents state. We talk about a federal privacy bill to circumvent CCPA and all the other ones um, and so forth. So it's uh, it's very policy-driven. I decided to do this now two weeks before the election. So if you haven't made up your mind and you want to go talk to congressmen and senators, you should be asking them these questions if you're in cyber and see what they answer. Awesome. That is awesome. Two o'clock today, right? Federal two o'clock today. Bill. Two o'clock Eastern. Standard time. It's on YouTube and on any one of your favorite podcast listening channels, CISO Talk Podcast. CISO Talk 
podcast. You don't even you just look up CISO talk. It'll show up. You'll see my ugly face in animation. <laughs> it's a good podcast, guys. Tune in. <laughs> so somebody says more CISO Thursdays. He'll be back. They'll be back. <laughs> They're like, love the discussion. Come on back. <laughs> oh, somebody wants the links. So we'll put the links in the um, in the chat too afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. Thank All you. Right. Awesome. Thank you, everyone. Have a great day. And Mr. Francois, if you're in Atlanta, reach out to me. Um, Atlanta's my backyard. I can help you with anything you need over here. That's why. See? Awesome. Awesome. There you go. Looking there people up. Anything right, we can do to help each other. Yeah. Anything we can do. All righty. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day. See you guys. Vote. 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 vote yeah, vote. indeed. Vote. In the rapidly evolving world of cybersecurity, your business needs a guide that's as dynamic as the threats you face. CPF Coaching LLC delivers unparalleled expertise to elevate your cybersecurity startup or business with a decade and a half of specialized experience. We're not just advisors, we're your strategic partners in growth and risk mitigation. Our tailored advisory services range from immediate hourly guidance to comprehensive three or six month packages, all supported with encrypted messaging for real-time assistance. For more information, cpfcoaching.com is your destination. Forge a path to success and distinction in the cybersecurity landscape. Connect with CPF Coaching LLC today and secure your business's future.